and welcome to The 100 Podcast. Sen Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today, we are continuing our team previews for the 202300, and we are taking a look at the Welsh Fire women. Charlie, the Welsh Fire, let's be frank, are a cursed franchise, and the men have been poor, the women have been poor. But I think on both sides, and we're focusing on the women right now, but on both sides, I think there's an optimistic feel ahead of the 2023 season. I think so too. In fairness, probably couldn't get much worse for both men's and women's sides in all things considered. But the Welsh Fire, as we said before, were the team that benefited the most in theory from the draft being introduced to the women's game. And looking at this squad now on paper, I think they've done a pretty good job at rebuilding. It's a very different feeling side to the Welsh Fire the last couple of seasons, but in a very good way, they brought in some real high quality players here. The talent is distributed considerably more evenly across that squad rather than being concentrated very, very highly in a handful of players at the top order as it has been in the last couple of years. And on balance, this looks like a far more competitive side. Yeah, you look at the players they brought in the draft. Sophia Dunkley, fantastic, dynamic opener. Not in the best form, but a player who's going to be a Welsh fire leader and run scorer for years to come. Also, we'll get to the scene bowling in a bit. Fred Davies, Shabnam Ismail, excellent additions. But let's start with that top order. Obviously, Sophia Dunkley's new. Hayley Matthews has been at the Welsh fire. And pretty much, let's be honest, been the only good thing about the Welsh fire the last couple of years. Really powerful batter from the West Indies. Bowl some useful offspin as well. Then you've got Tammy Bowman brought over as captain last year. Look, you know, a, a player who I think England see as a one-day player primarily. They don't see her as, a, you know, a modern T20 batter. But look at the amount of runs she scored in the ODIs and the tests against Australia. Quality batter in form. And you look at that top four batters when you include Laura Harris from Australia, who's a powerful player. There are not many better top fours in this competition all around the world. I'm really excited to see them go. It's really, really fun, isn't it? Look, I think Tammy Beaumont not being in the England T20 setup anymore is on balance probably a fair decision. But for the Welsh fire, you really cannot get much better than someone who you know is going to score you a lot of reliable, dependable runs without necessarily taking a huge deal of risk. Plus, she's going to lead from the front. Great captain as well. No brainer to lock her in. I think pairing her with Sophia Dunkley at the top is a really, really exciting pair because with Dunkley, you know she's going to go hard. She's going to play aggressively. And yes, as you said, Ed, she's not been in the best of form in the ODIs recently against Australia, but she's got so much potential, so much talent. For me, she was one of the most exciting pick Cups in the women's draft. It was a shame for the Southern Brave that they had to let her go. I was personally surprised that they did let her go. I thought they'd be very, very keen to keep her on with their focus on youth, but their loss is 100% the Welsh Fires gain. I think if she can find some form, that opening pair, particularly then with likes of Matthews, he's been so important for this side over the last couple of years, one of their few shining lights, and Laura Harris at number four, who's going to be a rock for this team. I agree, that's one of the most strong top fours in this competition. It's very exciting. What I will say is I'm not sure if Laura Harris will bat four. I don't know how they're going to construct the side, but Laura Harris's strike rate in the 2022 Women's Big Bash, north of 200. Now, that is incredible, and especially when you consider the kind of strike rates you often see in the, the women's game, it's sometimes a little bit less. She is a real powerful hitter. I don't know if she'll bat four. I wonder if they'll look at Sarah Bryce and think, okay, consistent run score did well for us last year. 
let's have a card at four and hey, if we want to send in Laura Harris, if wickets don't fall a bit earlier, we can move her up and down the lineup. So when you consider that Laura Harris strikes at 200, Dunkley's a, a fantastic young player. Beaumont and Matthews are international quality. I think there's lots of love there. And, you know, Sarah Bryce scores runs. And I think that top five is key for them and it's going to be massive for them. Couple of concerns. First, there's no left-handers um, anywhere in this side, so you know you do worry about teams, you know, just barraging them with legs being a bit slow left arm. And also, I'd say after, and let's say Bryce and Harris are interchangeable at four and five. Yeah, you know, Emily Windsor, Georgia Elwes, Alex Griffiths, all really talented cricketers. You know, El- Elwes and Windsor bring plenty of experience. Alex Griffiths is a really talented young player, but I'm just not sure currently. There's a great deal of firepower in that lower order. Emily Windsor striking at 90, as is George Elwes in the Charlotte Edwards Cup in 2023. Alex Griffiths, young player, has got loads of potential, but again, strike rate under 110 this year. Talented players with experience, and I do think in certain scenarios, you'd love to have that experience. And I think in close chases, those are the kind of players you want, but they don't quite have that real high strike rate you want to see. So I, I do worry if there's early wickets, the Welsh Fire might struggle with the depth in their batting lineup. I think that's a fair concern. I think when I look at this side, the thing that immediately concerns me is that when you come up against a side with quality leg spin or quality slow left armors or essentially any team with quite a lot of spin bowling, it's very easy to see a game plan in which opposition can take a lot of early wickets and immediately expose the the, the crocs of this team too early. You know, I, I see, for example, a Sophie Equiston or an Alana King having a lot of fun against this team. Birmingham Phoenix as well, play a, a team who have a lot of spin this season. They've really gone heavy to hit a lot of new spin bowling additions to their side. I think they'll be looking at this squad here and thinking, I can get wickets here. We can absolutely skill this team quite easily. That being said, I, I do think that while some of the players in that lower middle order haven't had a great run of form recently, I also think that their players, certainly in the cases of Windsor and, and Elwis, who have shown in the past that they can do it. I wouldn't personally be overly concerned by that recent form because while it's not great on paper, we know that over the years they have been more dependable assets. And I feel like, yes, the form isn't great, but you can rely on them to come through when the going gets tough. So it doesn't look great on paper right now, but I wouldn't be overly worried about that. For me, the lack of left-hander isn't something that you can change very easily. That's a problem. Yeah, that is a big problem. And, you know, Birmingham Phoenix could put out three leg spinners this year. And I don't know what Welsh Fire would do to counter that. And, you know, I'd be concerned if you have a seam bowler who can take wickets up top, you expose that lower order early on. You know, I, I, I do think they could face some issues. But we talk about early wickets, and this is a side that's built to get some. Shabnam Ismail and Freya Davies, two big additions uh, to this lineup. Shabnam Ismail, one of the quickest bowlers in the world. Freya Davies, really good at the top, experienced quality seamer. Charlie, I think this is one of the better power play bowling units around because you have Davies and swing at the top, Shabnismal bowls some heat, and then Claire Nicholas, very underrated and quality spinner in the power play, has been very, very good with the new ball for a number of years. I look at that power play unit, I think they can contain, you know, they have variety, they can take wickets, there's a lot to like. There really is. To be honest, I was surprised that both Davies and Ismail fell to the Welsh Fire in the draft when they did. But I guess that is the benefit of A, getting rid of a lot of players from the previous season and B, being first in the draft because you can hoover up the best players as soon as they come in. And if you can Davies and Ismail, then a very, very good job of doing that. This is such an exciting 
seeing bowling attack. Ismail, for me, is absolutely world-class. She is rapid, as we all know. And Freya Davis has been one of the most dependable domestic seam options for the last couple of years. Personally, I was quite surprised that she even ended up in the draft. I felt like it was a no-brainer that Spirit would try and hold on to her, but that didn't happen. Their loss is the Welsh Fires gain. Plus, Claire Nicholas, who we've always been very, very positive about on this podcast. We are Claire Nicholas fans on this show. She's a very good bowler. I think you've got a lot of versatility within that power play setup there, and it, it, it's exciting. I do think as a top and tail unit, you're really excited. Davies, Ismail, Nicholas, lots alike. I think Fred Davies is fantastic. I don't know why Ismail and Davies were allowed to go to the fire, but their game. My concern is the middle overs. Alex Hartley is uh, contracted to the Welsh Fire, as we understand. However, she is taking an indefinite break from cricket to focus on her well-being. Um, I've heard her on TMS. What a fantastic commentator. What a fantastic personality. And, you know, I, I completely respect Alex Harley taking some time away. But obviously, you know, World Cup winner, fantastic spinner. Didn't mean to rhyme that, but but please uh, please appreciate that accidental brilliance. But just a really quality player who I, is, is difficult to replace. And I do have concerns um, about the middle over bowling here. And you've got Hayley Matthews with her off spin. We're assuming that they're going to be depending on Alex Griffiths and Georgia Elwis. Griffiths a bit expensive in the 2023 Charlotte Edwards Cup, Connor of 8.8, only two overs per game. So, you know, it, it does feel like they're a little bit short in terms of those secondary bowling options. And I am a bit concerned about getting you know, 20 deliveries out of Elwes and Griffiths at times. And again, I come back to it and I think, do they have to ration Shabnam Ismail early on to have a wicket-taking option in the middle overs? That's my big concern with this side. Yeah, you've got lots of nice part-time options. You're more than happy to give 5-10 balls to here and there. The issue is when you have this quantity of them, it becomes a little bit of a concern because you start to wonder... Where are your bankers coming from? Where's your control and your your genuine wicket-taking options coming here? It's all well and good having dependable options for a little bit, but when that's more or less the entirety of your middle-over game plan, it starts to be a little bit worrying. So I think these are all perfectly useful operators in their own right, but I just think it's lacking that one-gun middle-over option. Yeah, and you you might get some overs out of Sophia Dunkley, but... I just I'm concerned about the the wicket takers in the middle order and just who you're getting those other 40 deliveries from. Hayley Matthews is excellent, but that's a genuine concern in terms of a player to watch. I mean, there there are so many in this side. But I I think to be honest though, they're all pretty obvious. But I, I wanna wanna throw my hat on the table and just back Freya Davies and players had some time for England. Boz decent pace swings it. Good top and tail bowler. I think the Welsh Fire have been screaming out for a genuine. You know, a, a genuine quality seamer. They have two now, at minimum, uh, and I can't wait to see what Freya Davies can do. And I think she's going to be crucial for this side, um, who you know have have maybe have some some batting depth issues, but a quality top order. If she can really shine at the back end, she's going to be a match winner. I think so too. I think she's actually quite unsung. Freya Davis, mm. you know, I, I think she's quite underrated. Perhaps she goes under the radar slightly because we've seen the likes of Lauren Bell and Freya Kemp come through and slightly push her out of England reckoning. And I, you know, fair enough, right? But that doesn't mean to say that Freya Davis is any less of a player. I think she's a really, really top quality cricketer. I think her and Ismail is going to be one of the more exciting new ball attacks 
in this competition. And I think that's such a gun signing for them. I also want to I also want to shout out Sarah Bryce here as well. I yeah. think she's got quite an important role to play in this team. I feel like again, she's gone a little bit under the radar at times. She hasn't necessarily been the most attacking cricketer in in the world ever but only 23 I still feel like her best years are ahead of her I'm going to back her to have a breakout season I really feel like she's got a lot of quality and I think she could have a really big role to play in this team in terms of what we expect from this side in 2023 they are going to be better than last year. I mean, they're, 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 I just think that's a fact. You look at that top order, you look at those seamers, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot to like about the side. For me, I think they're a frisky mid-table side. I think that they're, they just lack some batting depth. They lack some bowling depth. I think there are a couple of different ways you can very get, obviously get after them with the ball, with the turning the ball away. And also I think with the bat in the middle over. So I think they're going to be much better. I think they can compete and I don't see why they couldn't make it into that top three. For me, I just don't see quite enough quality when it comes down to it to really compete for the title. I think the most important thing to start off with here is by saying this team is no longer the obvious wooden spoon, right? That is no longer in the equation for them. They have more than enough quality here to ensure that that is not going to be the case. I also think they have enough quality in theory to be challenging for the top three. I don't think they'll get there, but I think if things go their way, they have enough players, Sophia Dunkley, Hayley Matthews, Laura Harris, Freya Davis, Shabnit Bismel. In theory, those players, if they all have you know one or two gun days out here or there that could be enough for them to get through to the top three i'm not sure it will happen but the potential is very much there so keep an eye on this team i feel like there is a chance they do pretty well well one thing we can say for sure is this is the year where we find out if the welsh fire are truly cursed because if this side can't win some games then there's something wrong with that place they might need to relocate but this is one of our team previews for the 202300 a preview out for every single men's and women's side Right now today, you can also listen to the Welsh Fire Men's Preview. Spoilers, they're also not going to be as bad. So congratulations to the Cardiff franchise. Loads more coming your way at Podcast 100 is the place to keep up with things. But for now, thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time.